This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. News bomb here from Pete Thamel. Northwestern has fired head coach Pat Fitzgerald. Perception rises above culpability. I don't know what Pat Fitzgerald knew. I don't know what his understanding was of the hazing and the extent of it. But I think there's a fair case to be made that he should have known. There's nothing cool about it to me. Do not put your hands on me against my will. That's where the problem comes. He is the head coach of a college football program. And whether or not he knew, it is his job to know. What's up? Good afternoon. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80. I am Aaron Goldhammer. He is Myron Metcalf. We are presented by our friends at Progressive Insurance. You can tweet at us. I'm at HammerNation19. You can hit up Myron at Metcalf by ESPN. Myron, you know, we work in sports. We have a lot of fun here on the show when we do it. But Today, you know, is a day where the biggest story in sports isn't really a fun one. Uh, It's one of a more serious variety. Northwestern has fired their football coach, Pat Fitzgerald, uh, and did so yesterday amid allegations of widespread hazing within the football program. And I I think, you know, as we were uh, just sort of talking about this story just before we came on, I think you're right. You know, hazing, using that word hazing kind of makes you think about, I don't know, uh, you know, some mild things. What Northwestern is being accused of here is much more serious than that. Yeah, we're talking about sexual assault. I mean, that's what it is, you know, sexual abuse um, in a systemic way. I mean, that's the word that was used uh, when the president announced the firing of Pat Fitzgerald. It was the idea that this appeared to be systemic and, and over the course of many years, we're hearing from Northwestern football players who played within the last couple of years. We've heard from guys who played a decade ago. Hmm. Um, so it feels like this was a widespread uh, culture of, of hazing, of abuse, of people not feeling unsafe. Aaron, I mean, being in that program and there were some people um, who felt unsafe when it came to hazing. There were allegations of, of racism and, and things that uh, some of the non-white players had to deal with. People can say whatever they want. And if, if the smart sports media folks who like Pat Fitzgerald want to say he deserved to keep his job, fine. Um, but they're not being honest. At the end of the day, I don't think there was a way for Northwestern to retain Pat Fitzgerald, considering the severity of the allegations against his program and uh, with a player alleging that he may have known something as well. Yeah, and what he knew and when he knew it is a big issue for some, but it's really not for me. You know, whether he knew the extent of what was going on or not, if he didn't know, then he certainly should have known. Adam Rittenberg covers college football for ESPN. He was on the 11 o'clock Sports Center last night, and he tried to explain, and I think he did a good job of summing this up, why it went from a two-week suspension for Pat Fitzgerald, which, Myron, a two-week suspension in July. I mean, what is Pat Fitzgerald even doing in July? Yeah. He's, like, on vacation anyway. Uh, why we went from a two-week suspension to ultimately Pat Fitzgerald losing his job. Take a listen. President Michael Schill said he had time to reflect on that initial discipline, the, the two-week suspension. And during that time, there were details that came out about these hazing allegations from the former player, the whistleblower who brought these to Northwestern back in, in late November. Those details were out in media reports, the Daily Northwestern, ESPN. I spoke to this individual, and so did Michael Schill. He spoke to that student. He spoke to that student's family. It became more personal, and after hearing from a lot of people on both sides, 
sides, supportive of Pat Fitzgerald, uh, uh, wanting a change. He, he, he said in his letter uh, to, uh, earlier today that the ultimate responsibility of a coach is to oversee the culture of the program. And even though it couldn't be proven in the, in the investigation that Pat Fitzgerald knew about these hazing incidents, he has a responsibility to protect that culture, which in the words of President Michael Schill is, is partly broken now after what's happened here. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. I'm Aaron Goldhammer with Myron Metcalf. I'm reading here from ESPN.com. Fitzgerald's tenure unwound after a former player who has since transferred reported the program's hazing activities to the school late in 2022. The former player who spoke on a condition of anonymity told ESPN Sunday hazing was organized and widespread, often led by a group of older players called the Shrek Gang. The group would lead a hazing activity called Running usually against freshmen or younger players who made mistakes in practice. According to the former player, older players wearing masks would restrain the victim in a dark locker room and engage in sexualized behavior. The former player said he was run as a freshman and also said Fitzgerald signaled for players to be added to Shrek's list, quote-unquote, with a specific clapping motion during practice. I mean, as I joined a new thing or whatever, Myron, or I was on a tennis team in high school, you know what? Yeah. Like, I, I, th- there were little things, you know, I don't know, filling up the water bottles, carrying helmets. Um, but I don't understand how, like, whose idea was it to, to turn quote-unquote hazing or screwing up in practice into what you called, and I think rightfully so, sexual assault? This is shocking stuff. Yeah, and I think that's when it comes down to being a systemic uh, culture, it, it being something that's bigger than just sort of these individual acts. This is something that's probably appeared, according to those involved, that's been carried out uh, for years and just been a part of the program. Um, it, it's chaotic to us, as it should be, but... Why wasn't this looked at by some of the upperclassmen, by some of the other folks in the program? Why didn't someone step forward and say this has to stop? And I think that, to me, is going to be the question that all of these players who are coming forward and saying, yeah, Pat Fitzgerald is our guy. Yeah. You need to explain to me why those players didn't feel safe and why someone didn't step in sure. and stop this behavior. I mean, I, I got to say, if somebody tried to do this to me, now I'm not on scholarship at really, Myron, one of the most prestigious universities in the entire country. I mean, yeah. you look at any list, top 20 colleges in America, Northwestern's on the list. So it's not like this is just like a football factory. Northwestern is a very prestigious place to try to get into and to try to go to college. Yeah. I mean, if you tried to do this to me, Either I would get in a physical fight with you, yeah. that's option A, or option B, and this is probably with me what would happen, I would take out my cell phone, I would call 911, and the police would be there in a matter of seconds. Yeah. So the idea that this is just part of, quote-unquote, normal team activities, yeah. I'm having trouble wrapping my head around how that could possibly happen and go on for years and years and years before someone finally said, uh, maybe we have a little bit of a problem here. Yeah, I mean, let's have a real conversation about that. Because I feel like you, in my mind, you know, there are certain boundaries. I'm fighting, right? In my mind, I'm physically fighting. Uh, at, at the same time, you know, everybody wasn't raised the same way. What, what if someone went beyond fighting? You know, what, what if something happened and someone said, you know what? This is so severe and so damaging to me. I don't want to just fight these guys. I want to do something worse. Yeah. Um, 
There's always that potential. But let's also consider the culture of abuse. Victims of abuse deal with this every single day. From the outside, people go, why don't you just say something? From the inside, it's never that easy. Larry Nassar and what happened at that university to dozens and dozens and dozens of young women who all faced the same behavior from him and how long before this was uncovered. Here's the challenge with all this. It ain't up to the kids to protect themselves. It's up to the institution. It's up to Pat Fitzgerald and his staff. And they failed those young men by putting them in that position. And what also fosters this stuff and Goldhammer is this idea that hazing and football and everything attached to it is about being tough as a man. And you just endure some of these things. I'm going to tell you this. Men committed suicide in 2021 at a rate of four times greater than women. There are a bunch of men in our age group, 30, 40s, 50s, 60s, suffering right now because of this nonsense, because they grew up being told that this is toughness. You can't say how you feel. If you're hurt, you can't say a word about it. And there's a whole bunch of us suffering as a result of behavior like this. I'm worried about the kids who are subjected to this behavior, Aaron, and what this does to the rest of their lives and their relationship, as parents, as people in their community, as they try to process this. Well, I think one way, Myron, to what you're saying that it happens year after year after year is if you are the victim of it, then you feel like eventually you get to be the one that perpetrates it. Yep. And and that's how hazing, like any idea, I'm sorry, okay, you might tell me you think having a rookie show where guys get up and sing on hard knocks, you know, we've seen these in football teams, like that I totally buy. That is all part of quote-unquote camaraderie. Yeah. But I, I think you're right in saying that the fear is if this happens to you, your scholarship is on the line, mm-hmm. your NFL future is potentially on the line, your way out of whatever circumstances you were born into is on the line, and it takes a lot of strength and oftentimes sort of a superhuman perspective to go above that and say, oh, I know better. It is Pat Fitzgerald's responsibility, but I also think, Myron, he might not be the only one to lose his job here. No. Because if an athletic director thinks it's not their responsibility or a university president doesn't think it's their responsibility, this ultimately is a school, Myron. And their number one responsibility above educating, above all else, is to keep the students safe, right? That is first and foremost, and that's got to come before anything else. And if I'm the parents of a Northwestern football player, you better believe today, as we're heading into fall practice, I've got a lot of questions about what the heck's been going on at that prestigious university just outside of Chicago over the course of the last 10 or so years. Yeah. I mean, before I responded to that, I said committed suicide. It's died by suicide. That's the proper terminology. So my apologies there. You're sure. 100% right. That's why Pat Fitzgerald can't be your coach. You've got to send him into the living room of a prospect and say, I'll keep your kids safe. Well, how can you guarantee that when things like this have happened allegedly for years uh, and you either didn't know about it or, or you did and you didn't care or even worse, you encouraged it. All of those details will come out at some point. You mentioned a kid being worried about his scholarship, his status on the team. All of that is valid. You know what else young men, young football players, I was a college football player, you know what else they care about, Aaron? That people telling them that they toughed it out, that you didn't quit. 
I yep. didn't play at a high level. I played yep. for a few years at a D2 level. I wasn't some big-time football player or anything like that. But I remember two-a-days. And our two-a-days happened the same week on the same field where former Minnesota Vikings lineman Corey Stringer had died. 103 Jeez. degrees on that yep. field. Yep. I literally played my first practices as a freshman football player in Mankato on the same field. Yep. I remember a big guy who was a top recruit on that team were doing this running drill and at the end of the running drill, he can't make it. And you know what he does after that drill? He quit the team. Yep. And you know what people said about him? That dude's a quitter. Yep. That dude's a terminology that we used in the locker room. We said things that were worse than that. Sure. You know what I mean? That dude, we destroyed because he wasn't tough enough. Mm-hmm. So you think about it. If hazing is happening in that environment, who do you go to? How do you tell someone, hey, man, this isn't fair to me. I don't like this. Who do you go to and say, you know what, man, this is going too far. Right. That's where Pat Fitzgerald has to create a culture where if this is happening and yep. you have no idea it's happening, people yep. feel safe enough to come forward and tell you because yep. they trust that you'll stop it. You know what's amazing? Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, Aaron Goldhammer, Myron Metcalf with you. If, um, if one of Northwestern's football players got a DUI or was accused of yep. a crime or stole something from a teammate, like – then you would feel like Pat Fitzgerald would step in. Then yep. he becomes the face of the of the program. Then he becomes the guy that says, we're kicking this guy off the team or we're mm-hmm. dealing with this disciplinary issue. This guy's not playing, blah, blah, blah. What makes this so scary is that he's the one, whether knowingly or unknowingly, he's the one legislating it. Yep. So at this point, you know, the guy who's, whose job it is to keep the team together and safe beyond winning football games. Again, like this is a university and a, th- this isn't Alabama or LSU. This is Northwestern. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they're competing for national championships there, Milan. Yeah. Let, like, let's be honest. It's big time college football. It's division one guys go to the NFL, but you got to go to class. <laughs> you know, when, when you play football at Northwestern, um, it, it it sort of lifts him to a level where he has an incredible amount of power. Yeah. And with that power comes an incredible amount of responsibility. And I think all across the country, we got to have a bigger conversation about what hazing is, what the responsibility of coaches is to prevent it from happening. Because my guess is, Myron, do, do you think stuff like this is going on other places? I'm sure it is. Um, I, I, I mean, we've had hazing cases across the country at schools, large and small. So I'm sure it is. But I'd like to believe I hope, especially more so in recent years, there's a mechanism in place uh, for if this is happening for students to come forward and say it's happening. But I'm sure it is happening. I think that's the problem. And you mentioned Northwestern being this prestigious university. You combine that with all the folks publicly who are saying Pat Fitzgerald's a great guy. That gives him even more power. It makes it even more intimidating because it's like, if I come forward with my story, who's going to believe me? And I think that to me is such a big problem in our entire industry. That's not your buddy. That's a coach. And it's a coach who is a part of something that's really, really bad. We only do this with sports, right? If if there are a bunch of faulty tires uh, with a particular auto manufacturer, right? And that's unveiled. That all of these tires are faulty on this particular model of car. They had to do a recall. Yeah. Monday morning, the CEO of that company steps up to a podium and he says, I resign. Yeah. 
Yep. He didn't put those tires in those cars. Nope. He wasn't in the factory. He nope. wasn't inspecting these cars. But it's about what he represents. The buck stops 100%. That's why the CEO makes the big bucks. He has right? to. That's why the coach makes the big bucks because yes. they're the one who has to take responsibility when something goes wrong. Yes. And I'm, I'm not talking about when something goes wrong on Saturday at 4 o'clock at Camp Randall. Yeah. You know? I'm talking about when something goes wrong to the level of this, and then, you know, here we are having the conversation about it. And I, like Myron, you said you played, you know, really, like D two ball. I wasn't look, look, like, look, 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 look. You, but you played some at a level most guys that play football never get to the opportunity yeah. to play at the next level, so to speak. What's the worst hazing that you ever went through? We had to sing in front of the volleyball team. I mean, I probably carried some equipment. I think I got my my yeah. equipment stolen. But let, but let me tell you this. If, if something like this had happened, I trusted the leaders on our team and the relationships we had with them where if I would have told one of them, they would have stopped it. I trusted my coaches and my yeah. staff yeah. where if I would have told them that something like that was happening, I believe they would have stopped it. And that's where Pat Fitzgerald is going to have to look himself in the mirror. Why were things happening to the young men on your football team if you say you didn't know mm. and people didn't feel safe enough to come to you and feel like you would stop it? That, to me, is why he's out of a job right now, and yeah. that, to me, is going to be something he has to answer. In high school, I have buddies that got thrown in a lake. Again, yeah. this is kind of like harmless fun. You yeah. know what I mean? But it becomes less harmless, though. That's the problem here. I, some I, of, this, I, some I of this graduates into things that get worse, and you right. end up in this situation. Right. And, and you know, okay, like you're a rookie in the NFL. The guys tell me all the time, like, you got to buy donuts yep. Yep. for everybody. Or you got to uh, – I had to fill up the water bottles mm-hmm. on a soccer team one time. Like, you, you know, like – and to me, all that stuff was sort of – you can call it rite of passage, whatever. The problem then comes – like, what's the line? What's yep. the reasonable line? Because obviously singing in front of the volleyball team is fine. Yeah. And, you know, what happened at Northwestern is way over the line. Like, what we're talking about here is a crime. It's not even close. It's it well beyond chugging beer or whatever. And those hazing incidents in fraternities and sororities, by the way, get kids kicked out of school and yep. sometimes kids die. Yep, you know, you because know. they have to drink a giant bottle of vodka or whatever. Yeah. So I, I think it opens up a whole separate conversation. I don't think this conversation is over. And I think in every team, high school, college, pro, coaches need to be having conversations with players about what is team camaraderie and what is across the line. Triple eight say ESPN is our number. If you want to jump into the conversation, you can. 888-729-3776. Coming up next, Senator Rand Paul on NIL. Now everybody that plays college basketball is going to be driving a Bentley or a Rolls. I mean, we're going to start seeing rap stars instead of basketball stars. Did he really say this? We talk about it next. Canty and Carlin. As Aaron Goldhammer and Myron Metcalf on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Myron, it's never a good sign when we have to talk about Congress yeah. on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. I promise no politics in this segment. Uh, maybe. Maybe. We are presented by Progressive. I'm at Hammer Nation 19. You can tweet at Myron Metcalf at Metcalf by ESPN, M-E-D-C-A-L-F. No, he is not related to DK Metcalf. No, he is not related to Eric Metcalf at Metcalf by ESPN. Let's just start by playing. Senator Rand Paul from yeah. the great state of Kentucky was complaining about antitrust. I, I guess this had to do with golf because the, for some reason Congress thought it should have a hearing about the PGA and yeah. live. and the important stuff. Yeah, really. We're focusing on the most important issues that are facing mm-hmm. America today. And boy, a senator started doing some grandstanding and put his foot in his mouth. Take a listen. The court ruled unanimously that the NCAA can't invoke their rules. And so they've completely screwed up college athletes. We used to be proud. Many of us love watching amateur athletes that weren't paid. Now everybody that plays basketball in in college is going to be driving a Bentley or a Rolls. I mean, we're going to be seeing rap stars instead of basketball stars. I mean, this is crazy. But you know why it happened? Because Congress sat around and said, oh, well, because of antitrust, we can't let the NCAA do it. It went to the court, and the court made the ruling, unfortunately, a unanimous ruling based on the law. So the law's got to change. Antitrust shouldn't be involved with association. Uh, um, uh, Myron, I will give you the floor. I mean, first off, he clearly hasn't watched a rap video since 1993, four. <laughs> Like, he's clearly thinking of, like, Master P or Juvenile or whatever whatever rap videos he saw in the mid-'90s, like the bling era, I guess. But we also know that Rand Paul wanted to say black. Right, he's saying rap stars. He meant black athletes. And to say that, it's so wrong. A, it's, it's completely separate from what is really happening in NIL. There aren't many athletes who are making the kind of money that he's talking about who can go and buy Bentleys. B... To say, uh, instead of basketball stars, we'll have rap stars. What does that mean to you, Rand Paul? Again, you're clearly talking about black athletes, and there's no other way to separate the racial overtones of that statement that he made. And the biggest thing in all this beyond the words that he should be held accountable for, the NCAA is going to the federal government, Aaron Goldhammer, Goldhammer and saying, we want you to fix NIL for us. Yeah. We don't like the way it's going. We, uh. we don't have any control we want the federal government to fix NIL. Aaron, after statements like this that Rand Paul just made, and again, he didn't have to make them. They were talking about golf, and he decided to make these statements on his own. <laughs> How can the federal government government be trusted to make rules if they view NIL yeah. this way, especially as it pertains to black athletes? Myron, I don't care what side of the aisle you're on if you're listening to this. 
Do you trust the government to do anything? Yeah. Like how 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 can you possibly what is the NCAA really saying when they want the government to get involved yeah. in NI like I don't want the government involved in sports at all. Okay? Yeah. Congress has much bigger issues yep. to talk about than live in the PGA Tour and steroids in baseball and, and, and name, image, and likeness dollars for Caleb Williams and, and yep. uh, you know. Um, Bronny James uh, and that, whoever that's else. That's right. And, 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 or, or whoever, you know, Olivia, uh, Dunn. Not, uh, Olivia Dunn, Dunn from, yeah. from LSU who's making millions. Angel but, Reese, yeah. You know, this is a, to me it's very simple. This is a very simple American um idea right if if you are famous and you can make money off of your name yeah. then you have a right to do that like there's a reason why caleb williams is world famous even though he's never played one down in the nfl yeah. and it's because he's probably better than half the quarterbacks that are currently playing in the league i don't know why we have to overcomplicate any of this and i am going to shudder and moan and groan if congress gets involved in any of this we just have way bigger problems i got into covering sports so that i wouldn't have to talk about congress on the radio yeah it's it's chaotic man and again if they're going to ask to be asked to resolve this and yet this is what they think of nil and to make a com- a comment like that which i don't know how to not see that as anything but racist to say college basketball stars to rap stars like who specifically are you talking about? Here's another thing I do really despise, though, about that generation's perspective on NIL. Yeah. This notion that suddenly over the last two years, college athletes got money is a lie. <laughs> it's dishonorable and it's disingenuous. Like you have athletes, Aaron Goldhammer, who are getting legal deals. They're getting a pot of money from sponsors, from boosters, whoever it is, yep. and it's legal, right? Yep. Yep. It can be taxed on that money. These people who are saying, oh, NIL this, they're the same people who loved all those college football teams in the 80s and 90s where people mm-hmm. were showing up with brand new cars. Mm-hmm. They loved those college basketball teams where yep. everybody somehow could afford a nice suit and a nice car. Like So to me, I, it's hard for me from a generational perspective to yeah. listen to the Rand Pauls of the world yeah. because they were never honest about what was happening in college sports when they were fans, and now they want to tell us yeah. how to govern NIL? Come on, and, man. And, and I'm sorry. It's such a grandstand move. And again, this isn't like yeah. what side of the aisle somebody's on. Like It's just a grandstand move to try to say that you like college sports less because some of the athletes are starting to get some money. I'm sorry. Yep. Fourth quarter, Alabama-Georgia. Are you sitting there thinking, you know, I would have the game on right now, yeah, but, but Bryce Young got an NIL deal, and so because like that. of that, I'm changing the channel and watching. Shut up. Like, yeah. Yeah. Se- seriously, in the NCAA tournament, when Florida Atlantic is making a run to the Final Four, yeah. was anybody sitting there going, hmm, you know, some of these guys might be getting a few bucks from a local sandwich shop in West yeah. Palm Beach or Boca Raton. I don't know that I really yeah, want to get on board watch. with watching that. Get the hell out of yeah. here. This is something someone says and not something that anybody actually follows through on. It doesn't affect my enjoyment of college sports, Myron, one iota. And it's why ESPN is still shelling out billions of dollars for rights to the SEC because this stuff is so much fun and it's so entertaining and we we love it so much, regardless of whether the players are getting paid or not.
Yes. I mean, it hasn't changed the ratings. People are still tuning in. And the reality is there's maybe six, seven, eight athletes who are making millions. That's not the bulk of student athletes. Here's the challenge I have, too, in all this. If you're going to make these rules uh-huh. and they're based on this idea that you don't want black athletes specifically to have access to money. I mean, that's what Rand Paul is saying. Yeah, that's a gigantic problem. And if you're the NCAA, which hasn't released a statement, to my knowledge, I requested one. How can you tell me that this is the group of people that you trust to fix NIL? <laughs> like like today should be enough for the NCAA even to say, you know what? We just need to leave it as it is and stop trying to overcome the states and just let it be because the federal government clearly has no business getting involved in this, especially to your point when they have other issues, because when they do talk about issues like this, they're clearly uninformed and uneducated and they make ridiculous statements like this. And they're just obsessed with getting reelected over and over again. And nobody in there really wants to do any actually governing. You know, maybe they do individually, but my general perception of the federal government is they can't fix anything. Yeah. So what? What? Why would I expect them to be able to come in and fix college sports? Like, that's it's the last place, frankly, um, where they should be. And I hope that the federal government recognizes this and realizes this and said, you know what, we're not even coming close to touching it. I do think there are legitimate issues that have come out of NIL. You know, I'm, I'm. friends with some parents of some high profile players that are going into college football now and now how much money you're going to be making as a freshman is definitely part of the decision making process and rightfully so about where you're going to end up going to school so you know but we've got to sort through that i just don't think congress who's who i should be trusting to actually get this done canty and carlin presented by progressive insurance save when you bundle motorcycle rv boat insurance go to progressive.com that is progressive.com up next blue jays vlad guerrero outlasted randy arosarena it was the home run derby was it must see tv we'll talk about it next as we head into the all-star game tonight right here on espn radio and the espn app Canty and Carlin, the podcast. 25 for Vlad Jr. That is the total for Randy Rosarena to beat. Ten seconds to go. Low line drive down the line. Hits off the wall. Pops it up. He's got 23. One last pitch. And Rosarena falls short. And Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has won the 2023 T-Mobile home run derby. Well, the long-standing fight between the Home Run Derby and the Slam Dunk Contest is over, and the Home Run Derby <laughs> is the giant champion of the world. Canty and Garland, ESPN Radio, ESPN App. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He's Myron Metcalf. We are presented by Progressive. You could join the conversation, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. You hear us at ESPN Radio on the call last night as Vladdy Daddy Jr., outlast Randy Rosarena to win the home run derby championship just start with this Myron how cool must it feel that your dad won the home run derby and you won the home run derby that's awesome 
it does feel a little unfair if you don't come from a family with any athletic ability. You know what I mean? It's like, that's a lot. And, uh, you know, that's got to be like just so many bragging rights. Whenever you run into other regular people that your dad won it, now here you are. I picked Vladimir Guerrero to win it, so I was pretty happy about that. Look I thought he you. had the build. But I tell you what, what J-Rod did in his hometown in, in yeah. Seattle – yeah. And that first round was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. To, to me, what the Home Run Derby does that's different than any other event at all of sports, the buildup in the crowd is such a special thing. You know, the first couple home runs there are cheers. Once you get to 9, 10, it elevates. 20 and people are going crazy. This man hit 41. Yeah. I mean, it just is a level of a crescendo <laughs> that is just unmatched in sports. My one, my one critique, Aaron – is I did feel like it took a long time, and by the end of it, people were a little fatigued. So if there's a way to shorten it, but man, that was one of the most exciting events in sports in 2023. Look, let me give Rob Manfred and the people at baseball a bit of a tip. You guys have done a great job, had a great year. Pitch clock has been a home run, and we'll talk about some of these other uh, you know, rising stars and everything that's going on in baseball in just a second. But to me, the final round needs to be the climax. And I actually thought the two highlights from last night had nothing to do with Vlad. I thought Adley Rushman hitting home runs from both sides of the plate in a home run derby was so impressive. I, I As someone who is yeah, right-hand was... dominant, the idea that a guy's lefty hitting jacks then switches over, goes righty, and hits 8 of 10 home Man. runs... That is, I was blown away by that. I almost fell over. Yeah. And then you talked about the Julio Rodriguez stuff, you know, in his hometown, in his home stadium, breaking the single round record. So I think the way you make the final grouping, yeah. the focal point, the climax is you go penalty kick style. Okay. You I go can see that. One, you go one pitch. And I actually get the batting practice pitchers out of there. I want a machine. Oh, no, Aaron. See, I was with you. I was with you until you did that. A machine, Aaron. See, the problem with the one pitch is it might be a bad pitch. Like, it might not be your fault. The machine you could control, that it's a 100-mile-an-hour fastball, and you either hit it out or you don't, and you go back and forth until you crown a champion. I was was with you until you took the – the human element. I, I, you know, I like the idea of a regular pitch. Sometimes it's it's a guy's dad or his uncle or his buddy. I mean, like I don't want to remove that element. I do agree, though. Something has to be done in the final round. Penalty cuts, cut, uh, kick style could work. My idea is a distance contest. You you win in the final round based on the average distance of your home runs. It really doesn't matter how many you hit. So instead of going for the number of home runs, you're just going for power. And you're just trying to blast as many as you can. And I think that, to me, would be a cool way to end it. Myron, what's more impressive? Volume of homers that go 398 feet yeah, or the mammoth blast? The mammoth. There's no question about it. That The mammoth, what Ellie De La Cruz did last week, 450, that, that to me is more impressive. And again, I'm not saying the whole contest. I think the way you started is – one of the most exciting sort of preliminary rounds in any sporting event. But yeah. the finish line is something that I think could use a little bit of work. Guys like you and me were all in by yeah. the end of it. I just wonder if there was a little bit of viewer fatigue by the sure. very end. 
You know what's funny? I, I think a lot of this stuff is really, it's for kids, right? I mean, the dunk contest. That's for me, too. It, it's, yeah. It's not it for is. me. I think they want me to tune in, Aaron. I, I, I think they do, but really, like, I loved the dunk contest when I was yeah. 12. You know what yeah. I mean? And, yeah, and I, think that, I think that it's kind of marketed toward that age group more yeah. so than it is. But I think that they actually did something special last night, which is, they had real competition, right? You could tell the guys wanted to win this. Yes, they which did. Which at the NBA, you know, I don't know. I don't do, know if do they, they do. They, yeah. they care about who wins the All-Star game or not. Guys are scoring 200 points and stuff. Yeah. There's no defense being played at all. And I'm curious how that carries over into tonight. I think overall, Myron, baseball is on the rise. I think finally they figured some things out. And mm-hmm. Rob Manfred and the major leagues, they're having a great year with some incredible stars, Otani, De La Cruz. There's some great storylines. I think baseball yeah. is crushing it right now. And the good news is when baseball has critical momentum like this, and there's an opportunity to seize the moment, yeah. Rob Manfred always delivers, right? Yep. So, uh, it, that, yeah. That's no, there, no commissioner in sports. <laughs> Has always delivered. He'll keep it going. He'll keep it going. You give him credit. credit. I just want to see him keep it going. Keep it going, Rob Manfred. Up next, we get back to what's going on at Northwestern and with Pat Fitzgerald, Canty and Carlin's on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.